right, day 29. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. I'm John. And I'm Keith. Remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to look through it and see God. Uh, we don't come to it primarily to look at it and see ourselves. All right, yeah. this is the second to last day in Leviticus. Leviticus. Yeah. 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 I hope it's been enjoyable. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So many people have hit us up and said, man, Leviticus is actually dope. <laughs> right. So it's like, praise God. If you think Leviticus is dope, we thought I think we're doing something right. I know. Yeah. Praise God. Or the for Lord sure. is working through it for sure. So um, Leviticus 21. Uh, remember, we're in this section called the Holiness Code. So right. God is like, yo, all right, I already told y'all how y'all can come into my presence and worship me. Now this is how I need y'all to live. Right. And before he was talking to the people, but here he's like, Moses, say this to the priests. To the priests. So I'm, done talk I'm talking to y'all now. Right. It's just y'all, right? And um, what you see, bro, is that to whom much is given, much is required, mm. right? And it's like, yo, they were held to a higher standard right. than everybody else, right. right? It was the special holiness that was required of them right. because they had a special task, right? right? And sp specifically relating to the dead, these mourning rites, marriage, family, all of these things, Personal and, appearance, food, how that. they hold things. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. And um, remember, they couldn't come near the dead, bro. So it's like, why? Because it made them unclean. Right. Right. So they couldn't go into the presence of God. Right. And being unclean was associated with death. God is the author of life. And right. so to come into his presence, death can't come into his presence, only life. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you even see that there. And then, too, this mourning right. Yeah. So God is like, yo, don't shave your head. Don't cut your body. God is not saying don't get tatted. Don't get a haircut. Get a lineup. Right. He said, it'd be like, oh, bro, some of y'all. Right. But it's like, no, these were pagan mourning rites. Right. People would die and people would have a type of ancestral worship yeah. where they would do these mourning rites to their body and disfigure their body. Yeah. Right. And it was an act of ancestor worship. Right. right? right and so right. God is saying, no, no, no. Again, y'all are supposed to worship me. Y'all need to stay away from that stuff. Yeah. And there's just, uh, again, God's putting these rituals in place to reinforce this concept of set apartness. Yeah. I've got y'all here for a task. Yeah. I need to sanctify you and set you apart for that. Y'all need to stand out and to be set apart so that as you do this and perform this, people are reminded of my own set apartness. That's good. Absolutely. Yeah. And what you see is this um, movement. So in verse 10, he's like, all right, now the high priest, mm. I'm going to say something specific to y'all. Right. And so what God is going to do is he's going to take this movement from the, the chapters before this, right. the people, the priests, the high priest, and that fits the structure of the tabernacle. Mm. The tabernacle is the outer court, the holy place, and then the most holy place. There we go. Right. So the people could come to the outer court. Right. The priest could come to the holy place. Right. And then right. the high priest could come to the most holy place. And what so. God is saying is this, in a sense, right, the closer you were to God, the more he required of you, mm -hmm. right? The further in, the more intimacy, the more integrity, right? Mm -hmm. Was at least needed. And that was the way it's supposed to be. So right. uh, I thought that was dope in um, 21. 22, he talks about these sacrifices. Yeah. So he's like, yo, you you can't bring blemished sacrifices to me, Man. right? It's just not going to work. I need something that is literally tamim, blameless, right? Right. And that represents the blamelessness of the offerer, right. but also the blamelessness of the sacrifice. Yeah. Perfect has to be in my presence. Yeah. And don't just give me your leftover. Like, yeah. don't give me the stuff that you don't want, right? Don't give me the stuff that you would take to goodwill, mm. right? God's like, no, 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 no. I want the things that are valuable. That shows that it's an act of worship. worship yes. And that the worship is done in faith. So yeah. chapter mm. 23 is going to talk a whole lot about, no, no, no. Give me the males, mm. right? 
and give me the first fruits. Yeah. Right? So it's like the reason why God's saying is, give me the first fruits is nah, nah, nah. Don't wait until the second fruits come about. Mm. Give me the first fruits. Mm. You give me those. And that is not just a sign that you um, uh, revere and you love me, but when you give of your first fruits, in essence, you're giving all that you have because there's no guarantee that there's going to be second fruits, mm, right? And good. so it's your way of saying, no, no, God, I give this to you and I trust that you're going to provide me with what I need, that my needs aren't provided for by my own grit and ingenuity and strength. I've said this before, but uh, one of the things I always say is um, in order to be a bridge, you must be connected to both sides. Mm. And we see that this text is per perfectly fulfilled by our Lord Jesus, who right. is this holy high priest, but mm. he's also this perfect sacrifice, right? So in order to be a priest, you had to be holy and you had to be human. In order to be a sacrifice, you had to be blameless, mm. right? And Christ uh, fulfills both of those things <clears throat> perfectly. Yeah. Right. Uh, and he is not only just this sacrifice, he's not literally an animal, he is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Mm. Um, and technically the book of Hebrews is gonna say, no, 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 no. Like, the blood of goats and bulls cannot take away sins. Right. So in other words, like Christ even atoned for their sins. Right. right? This yeah, was in, yeah, yeah. in faith, mm -hmm. them saying like, no, the Lord has to take this sacrifice, uh, uh, take my sacrifice for him and and use it for to allow me to uh, enter his presence. Yeah, yeah, so it's been said like this. The Old Testament saints were saved on credit. Credit, yeah. I'm saved right now. Oh, damn it. The payment's going to come in the future, but yeah. it's going to come. We're saved on debit. Yeah. Not, hey, it's in the account. You can go and pull from it right now. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Dope. Did you get that from Shylin? Just quick question. I, I think so, yeah. Okay, he yeah, said Shy said it, yeah. Yeah, a bunch of people. I know yep. he said it, yeah. All right, 23. Um, Real quick. Holy, uh, the holy days. So you have all these things that are set apart. The people are set apart. The priests are set apart. The tabernacle is set apart. Yeah. And then days and space and time is set apart too, mm. right? Time is given to God as well. That's, mm. a, that's a word to us. Like right. our time needs to be set apart for God and we need to guard that. And God is saying here the same thing. He's like, yo, I need y'all to celebrate these uh, assemblies or these festivals. And what is it? It's going to be seven. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, right? Feast of weeks, feast of trumpets, day of atonement, feast of tabernacles, whole nine, seven, seven feasts. And what you see is again, right? And we don't have time to go into all the feasts, but Christ is going to fulfill these. Passover, he is our Passover lamb. He's going to resurrect from the dead. What does Paul say? He's the first fruits of those who fall right. asleep, right? Then what happens after that? Pentecost comes, mm. <laughs> right? Feast of weeks. That's what, mm. that's what Pentecost is. The spirit comes down and you so, so you see the life of Christ, the history right. of salvation in yeah. the person of Christ fulfills the calendar. That is one of the best ways to get, uh, to understand the work of Christ is the Israelite calendar. And then on top of that, it's all these sevens, bro, right? right? What does that mean? Why is there so many sevens? Well, I used to think it was just about the number of completion, creation, but really it's about Sabbath and rest, mm. right? Those are the themes that are holding these things together. Right. Why? Because the Sabbath and rest, hear this, is the goal of history. Right. Right? Rest, e eternal sabbatical rest in the presence of God 
is our destiny. Right. It was offered to Adam at the beginning. Right. What did he do? He failed. That's why uh, day seven, we've talked about this before, don't have a morning and a night. Right. Because what God was trying to say was like, yo, this Sabbath is supposed to be forever. Right. He failed. He can kick out of the garden. The second Adam has to come and what does he do? He redeems us so that we can enter into that Sabbath rest forever. Yep. And so you see this sabbatical rhythm is intruding into their calendar, bro. Right. Because God is trying to work in them. No, this is your destiny. This is what life and history is about for you. And I want you to feel some of that now. And what rest does, bro, it is resistance. It is rebelling to the notion that we sustain and keep ourselves alive, mm-hmm. right? What this rest does is it forces us into the state of reflection yeah. where we slow down and it helps us to live in God's world is if he's the one responsible for the good things we experience. That's good. Without this, we'll forget God and his past goodness to us, which will lead us back into present grumbling for the things that we do not yet have. Yeah. But it's building this rest into our uh into the routine of the people of God that forces them to be reminded of God's goodness. Mm, absolutely. Really quick, 24. Don't have a ton of time to get into it. Um, what was symbolized before in 23, he's going to talk about is going to sh- be shown in the tabernacle. So he's going to yeah. talk about uh, these lampstands that should be filled with oil yeah. and the light should be shining on the bread. Yeah. And the symbolic nature of that was that God's light, mm. his effulgent light and presence was to shine on his people forever. The lampstands mm. was to never go out. Right, bro. right, right. So much so that in the new heavens and new earth, he's going to say, yo, my glory is going to fill the world. Ain't going to be no need for sun. And right, that, right, right. My glory is going to be shining That's on y'all. Dope. Yeah. And, um, uh, and then uh, he talks about some justice stuff and I wish we had time, but in 24, but we just see that God is a God of justice, mm-hmm. right? He wants the punishment to match the crime, mm. right? We live in a day and age in America where we know, especially for chocolate men, like Charlie right. they say, chocolate men <laughs> like you and I, and he's uh, yet to be United States, right? Um, that is not always the case, right. but we see something different with the character of God. And so our hope should not be in anything other than the God who is ultimately just, Amen. who live just lives. Yeah, let's pray. Our Father, we thank you. Lord, for being set apart, for being holy, for being other than what we imagine or thought. Lord, we pray um, that we would reflect you, Lord, that we would uh, stand out in this world that you've caused us to exist in. Would you remind us, Lord, that you're working so that we might rest in you. I pray that we would find our rest in you and not work to look for rest elsewhere. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.